0: 20 my new year is already off to an amazing start. My wife, she's so incredible. She surprised my boys and I uh, and my father, my dad, uh, with Outback Bowl tickets for New Year's Day. So it was so much fun. Drove up. Mike Ash and one of his sons uh, went with us as well. We just had an incredible time. It was great to be up there and watch college football. It was amazing. That's all of the comments I'm going to make this weekend about college football because some of you have been humbled you know who you are. That's all I got right there. I'm done. One, two, three. I am done with my college football comments. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, woo! Well, welcome to the first weekend of the year, you guys. I am so excited uh, about this weekend. I totally forget what I'm going to say because I'm thrown right there, but this is awesome. Happy New Year. Said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Want to welcome. All of our campuses, all of our services have any plantation. Welcome to you guys. Also Gateway Campus, welcome. Man, it is New Year. Here's what I believe. I truly believe that 2015 has the potential to be the greatest. Year of our lives. I really, really do. I truly believe that. And so next weekend, as you just heard, we're kicking off a series called What If? What if this could be the best year of our lives? And I'm so pumped about that, so excited. And so this weekend and all of our services, uh, both locations, we're talking about uh, a bit of a, a setting the stage type of message and not just setting the stage for next weekend and in, in the What If series, but honestly setting the stage for our entire year. That uh, Let me kind of give you some of the backstory of that. So Two or three times a year, we will, as a speaking team, go off-site and we'll hole up in a hotel for 24 to 30 hours, basically. Uh, and and honestly, we talk about, we pray about you. We we talk about the church. We talk about from a from a, a content delivery on our weekends, 52 weekends a year. What is it that our church people are going through? What is it that that we're dealing with? What are the stressors, the pressures? Where are the growth areas that we need to really key in on and address and teach on over the next season? So two or three times a year, we'll do that. Well, last November, we did that. And so uh, we got away in a hotel, and on the first morning, we were praying, and we had some worship music going, and we were just seeking the Lord and just really just, you know, asking God to speak to us and to meet with us and just really bring us wisdom and clarity about 2015, about this year. And so as we were praying, at one point I was, I was praying and I had my eyes closed. And it was like I saw a, a verse come across the screen of my mind, if you will. And sometimes this happens to me when I'm praying and, and seeking the Lord. And quite honestly, I'll look up the verse and I'm like, okay, I have no idea what that has to do with anything. Like it's Zephaniah something, something. And I'm like, I don't even know. Skip it. Move on. But this time I saw Galatians 2.4. And which you're about to see is not like a famous verse. It's not a big popular verse, whatever. And and so a few minutes later, I, I grabbed my Bible, and I started to look at it. And, and as I read it, I was like, wow. And so so a little while after that, I shared it with the guys there in the room, and I said, guys, I think there's something here. Matter of fact, I want you to see this. Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, here's what it says. It's the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to a, a local church like us. In the city of Galatia, and hence Galatians is the name of the letter or the book. Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, here's what he writes. He says, this matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy. So he's talking about how a local church like ours, there were some some people, some false believers, who had kind of got in there to be spies. And look what he says they were spying on. To spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. So these people were were there in their midst with one purpose, with one agenda. And that is to spy on the freedom that they had experienced in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And look what he says. Here was their sole agenda. Their sole purpose was to make us slaves. To make us slaves. Slaves. Now, let me give us a little background information here about this this verse, and as a matter of fact, this whole, whole entire letter that we know as the Book of Galatians. So, in in the early days of the early church, uh, most everyone who was putting their faith in Jesus Christ, becoming a Christian, a follower of Jesus, was uh, was a Jew. They were from the Jewish religion, the Jewish background, and so by virtue of that, they were circumcised. Now. For obvious reasons, I'm not going to go into all of the details of what circumcision means, so on and so forth. We told you we have a kids ministry. Ha ha! You might want to take advantage of that. Okay, but I'm just going to let that go. Here's here's. Suffice it to say this. Okay, all of a sudden the apostle Paul rises up, and Paul was called to preach the gospel of Jesus, the message of Jesus Christ, and His forgiveness, His grace, His mercy, His love. Not just to the Jewish community, but to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. So Paul goes out to the Gentiles, starts preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, people start converting to Christianity. They start putting their faith in Jesus, accepting the Lord, and are being set free. And just like scales fall off, like their lives are changed. Well, here's the thing. They weren't circumcised. So all of a sudden, these Jewish believers in the religious guys of the day start rising up going, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. They don't get a free pass on the circumcision thing. Like if they're going to follow Jesus, then they have to do and follow the rules, the same rules that we had to follow to get in the club. Well, this doesn't sit well, obviously, with particularly the male Gentiles who are coming to faith in Christ. So they call this great big meeting. So the Apostle Paul and James, the brother of Jesus, and all of these big dog leaders get together at what we know as the council in Jerusalem. It's found in the book of Acts. And they come together, and, and for several days they deliberate and they talk and they discuss and, and they, they play both sides of the argument, the whole deal. And finally, at the end of all of this deliberation, James, who was kind of the, the CEO back then, like kind of the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, stands up and he says, Guys, 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 here's, listen, here's the deal. I've heard it all. Here's the deal. We should not make it difficult for non Jews, Gentiles, To come to Christ. In other words, we should not make a bunch of hoops and rules and regulations for them to go through. Particularly around this issue of circumcision. So watch this. When the Apostle Paul is writing to the local church in Galatia, he's addressing this circumcision issue. That he's basically saying there have been some in our world who have slipped back into the local church. And the only reason they're here is to make us slaves. Is to take away our Freedom. Now, go back to our off-site in November. So there we are, praying, seeking the Lord. And God, I, I felt like God put this verse on, on my heart, on my mind. And as we started to dig into the details of this, we suddenly started to realize that this is what happens in our day and age as well. And, of course, the issues and circumstances are different. But isn't it true that the world we live in is working overtime to steal our freedom that we have in Christ and make us slaves? That's exactly what's happening. And so there we were on this offsite, overcome with this this thought of what could it look like if for an entire year, a local church like ours set out to make it our aim to get every single married couple, every single single person, every high school student, every college student, every young person that comes on Wednesday nights to our Collide student ministry here and at Gateway, what if, what could it look like for a local church like ours to focus for an entire year on moving people, theming our year around this idea of going from slave to free, from slave to free, from slave to free. And we left that site in November saying, that's it. That's what we want to do. So, guys, here's what we're going to do. For the entire year, we are going to take 52 different camera angles, if you will, from all different areas of life and relevant ways of, of looking at it. And we're going to theme this year centered around this idea of moving from slave to free. Imagine what is possible. Imagine what we could do, Next Level Church. Imagine the lives that we could change. Imagine the people we could rescue. Imagine the transformation we could bring to Southwest Florida, to leaders, to families, to kids, to marriages, to businesses. Imagine what could happen if a local church like ours, filled with thousands of people, were living in true freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to be about this year. That's what 2015 is going to center around and be about for us as a church. So get ready, because freedom is in the house. This, I declare, this is a place of freedom. And we're going to start walking in it. We're going to start talking about it. We're going to start living that way. It has already begun. in Next Level Church, I'm just telling you, the best is yet to come. Get ready. Get ready. This is a place of freedom. Now, when you came into to whatever service you're in this weekend, you were handed a bulletin. If you would pull that out, inside of there, there's a slip of paper. And on that slip of paper, there's some fill-in-the-blanks. And I want to talk particularly about four things concerning this idea of freedom and, and what that means for us and, and what that has to do with us and the world we live in today. And maybe you want to take some notes. Here's the first one. Number one, I want you to, to notice that we live in a world that is designed around making and keeping us slaves. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever noticed that? That We live in a world that's designed around making and keeping us slaves. Everything in our world is designed to master us and make us its slave. That's what Paul's addressing in Galatians 2 4. It's true, isn't it? Think about it concerning money, concerning sex. Concerning TV and movies and, and, and the whole, uh, you know, pop culture and that whole industry, the news media, everything in our world is designed not to bring us freedom, but actually to make us its slave. I mean, right, like the common myth around money is, well, if I just had more money, then I'd be free. I'd have more freedom in my life. And yet, the vast majority of us, if, say this, this new year, we got a raise or we got a promotion, Guess what the vast majority of us do? The minute we get more money, we adjust our lifestyle and ultimately get more bills, thus putting us in slavery. When it comes to the whole sex thing, we live in a world that says, look on this website, click here, read this. All the while, we think the world wants us to believe it's freedom, but the truth is it's actually leading us to be more enslaved. TVs, films, movies, watch this, get hooked on this, buy this, subscribe to this, enslave. The news media, watch the news, believe the worst, live in fear, be afraid, doomsday thoughts. Slavery, slavery, everything in our world is designed to enslave us, not to set us free. And some of us. Know the pain of that, the reality of that slavery thing of our world all too well because we've lived it personally. We've seen a loved one become bound up and enslaved because of unwise decisions that have led them to a life of addiction. We've watched a friend drift relationally into to a relationship that they were saying, oh, this is freedom, and I like him, I like her. And we're looking on going, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, stop, lose his number, unfriend him, faith, unfa- don't go out with him again, don't go out with her again. Why? Because you're going to end up in slavery, and we watch them do that. We ourselves, some of us, know what it is to feel the weight and pressure and stress and guilt Because we're living under the bondage of slavery, somehow we live in a world that like a a moving walkway in the wrong direction is designed to lead us into slavery. Here's the second big statement I would love for you to write down. Notice this. The deception is concerning our world that slavery feels like freedom at the start. Have you ever thought about that? That, that, See, the deception of the the things of this world is that they feel like freedom at the start. That everything in our world starts out by promising us greater freedom, right? If you make more money, you'll be free. The truth is, you're more tempted to go into further into debt and to acquire more bills. Oh, well, we can afford it now. we got to be careful of that. It, 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 it's, if you go out partying, well, I'm free. I'm an, I can do what I want. I'm young. I'm, I'm innocent. I'm going to go out, and we party, and we drink, and we sleep around. And what looks like freedom at the beginning actually leads us into greater slavery, doesn't it? Going into debt. To buy a luxury, a toy, a, a something that that we I have to have a big new TV for for the Super Bowl, okay? And what? It, and then you start making payments, and you realize that what looked like freedom has actually led you in to greater bondage. Matter of fact, James, who I referred to a couple of minutes ago, kind of the big dog pastor of Jerusalem, he wrote a letter later that we find in the Bible, and here's what he said. I love this. James chapter one. Look at verses 13 to 15. It says, when tempted, because that's what we're talking about, temptation. No one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So this, God's not doing the tempting here. We're talking about this temptation of the world, the pull of the world, the moving walkway thing. That's, that's not God. Verse 14, look, he tells us the progression. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away. Look at that imagery there. When they are dragged away away by their own evil desire and enticed. He says it starts with desire, verse 15. Then, so here's the progression. It starts with desire. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death you see the progression did you did you catch it from desire he says it goes from desire and then it conceives it, it, it takes root in our heart and all of a sudden now it's it's become sin and when sin is full grown where does it lead us to death slavery bondage what looks like freedom at the beginning is actually slavery in disguise and James lays out that pattern for us At first, temptation looks normal. It looks small. It looks inconsequential. But if left undealt with, if we don't run against the moving walk, it leads us down a path that we do not want to go. Truth be told, I read this and I can't help but think of, well, I can't help but think of Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Part Three. You know what I'm talking about. Surely you do. Spoiler alert, by the way. But you've had like 12 years, okay? I am not going to go to bed feeling guilty about that if this is a spoiler for you, okay? Do you remember the scene? I'll replay it for you now. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Episode 3, okay, Anakin has turned to the dark side. He's already killed the younglings. And, and Obi-Wan gets word of this because of the force, and he knows, and he's like, uh-oh, Anakin's turned to the dark side, and so he uh, uh, Obi-Wan and, and Padme, you know, who's pregnant with the little kids, Luke Skywalker and Leia, how cool <laughs> is that? And they show up in the plane, and so Anakin's there, and he sees Padme's, you know, plane show up, and so he comes running over, and she comes running down the ramp of the plane, and Anakin's standing there, and they embrace, and but she can tell something's different about him. And so she looks at Anakin and she's like, what's, what's going on with you? Obi-Wan's told me that you've done bad things. And he's like, don't listen to him. It's no big deal. Come away. We can do th-. And all of a sudden she's like, no, come on, let's just get out of here. You're a good person. And Anakin says, no, no, you come with me. I've become the most powerful ruler in all the land. I'm more powerful than the chancellor. I can overcome the chancellor. Get you some of that, my man. But all of a sudden, she can see there's change in his eyes, and he says, "Come, we'll be the most powerful. We'll be the rulers of the empire." And she backs away, fear in her eyes, and love. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't stay here. <laughs> Come on, man. This is just. She looks at Anakin and she says, "Anakin, you're scaring me." You're going down a path I cannot follow. And he looks back at her and he, sh- he says, did Obi-Wan get to you? And just then it cuts to Obi-Wan standing at the top of the gate. He's all awesome with his big beard and English accent. Then it cuts back to Padme and Anakin and he says, he's turned you against me. And she said, no, you've done this to yourself. And then he starts to choke her with the force. And Obi-Wan's like, Anakin, leave her alone. This doesn't concern her, and he lets her go, and she falls to the floor. And then they have this epic, just epic, epic lightsaber duel. It's awesome. And that's what sin will do to you. I have no idea what I'm talking about. That is awesome. I love it. I love it. The things of this world will do the exact same thing to us if we don't fight against them. That's the point. It's in the notes. (laughs) I don't know. See, it looks like freedom. But the truth is, it's just slavery in disguise, and we've got to fight against it. And here's why, number three. Because the Bible says that whatever we choose to obey becomes our master. I'll never forget when I found this verse in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. I was a teenager, just brand new in my relationship with Christ. And I remember coming across Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Look what it says. It says, Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? So this means we have a choice in the matter. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, as we saw James lay out, or You can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living, which leads to freedom. In other words, each of us choose every day what and who we will obey. With every decision that we make, we're choosing something to be our master. And if we do nothing, if we don't choose, then the moving walkway will lead us toward this world and sin and ultimately death becoming our master. We will become a slave to sin. That unless we get off the moving walkway and aim our lives toward Christ, unless we go that direction, we will become slaves, not free, slaves to sin. So we can either choose to be mastered by Christ Or by not choosing him, we allow ourselves to be mastered by the things of the world. Next level, church, listen. True freedom, number four, true freedom only comes from knowing who we are in Christ. That's where true freedom comes from. The only way to ever fully experience freedom in our life is through Jesus Here's the deception again. The deception, again, that the world tries to, to throw on us and get us to buy into and believe is that submitting our life to Christ is actually slavery. And maybe some of us have had people say this to us, so or we've thought these thoughts. Well, well, yeah, but Matt, if I surrender my life to Christ, if I, if I truly let Jesus be Lord of my life, then guess what? then I'm not going to have any fun anymore. Oh, great, all you're going to do is go to church all the time, and all you're going to do is just go to Collide on Wednesday night, and now you're just going to read your Bible all the time, and you're never going to come out drinking with us, and you're not going to sleep around anymore. Oh, well, you're not going to have any more fun, right? They tell us that the ultimate buzzkill is God. They want to convince us that freedom is actually slavery. But it's not true. True freedom only comes to our lives through Jesus Christ. Christ. That is true freedom. That's where it comes from. That's why Paul wrote this letter in Galatians. He wrote the whole letter to say, guys, listen, it's not about rules and regulations. It's not about the moving walkway and what the world says. It's about freedom in Christ. Matter of fact, a couple of chapters later in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, look what he says. Paul's writing, and he says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, my mom was an English teacher and she always taught us that you can't like define the word with the word. So what's going on here? It says, well, it's for freedom that he's free, so you're free and freedom and free, and the freedomer you are, the freer you get, and freedom free. What's, what's free? What in the world? Here's the deal. Paul's making the point. Freedom is found in Christ alone freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The ultimate goal is that you and I would not be bound up by the world and enslaved and in bondage to the master of sin in the world. God wants us to be found free in Jesus Christ. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. And then Paul says, so here's what you got to do. Look at the next words. Stand firm. Stand firm, he says, and do not let yourselves be burdened again. Look at the descriptive language be burdened again with the yoke of slavery or bondage. Do not let yourselves be burdened again. In other words, do whatever you have to do to not go. Back, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves fight against it. Do everything you have to do to never go back to the free or to the slavery sin in the world had its grip. Next Level Church, that's our charge. That is our mission. In 2015, we are going to be about getting every single one of us in every area of our lives completely surrendered to Christ and His Lordship, His Master. We're going to get off the moving walk. So before we continue on with the remainder of our time together this weekend, I want to I give us a couple of challenges, a couple of questions. The first is this. He says, do not go back. Don't be burdened. Again, here's here's the first question for us this weekend. Is there an area of our life where we have slipped back? Where we have taken a few steps back across a line that a, a couple of months ago, a couple of years ago, we would have said we never would have crossed. And yet, over the last few weeks or months, we've Seen that line creep closer and closer and closer until now we've actually moved across the line. Is there some area of our life where we've slipped back? If so, I can't think of a better time than this weekend for us to move back across that line and say, no, 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 Jesus, forgive me. I'm going forward. I'm going forward into all you have for me. It's for freedom that Christ has set me free. I'm going to walk and live in freedom. No guilt, no shame. I'm going to leave it today at the altar of Jesus, and I'm going forward. Second question is this, do you know Christ? Maybe you're here this weekend, and someone invited you, or you've been coming to Next Level for a while, but you've never crossed that line of faith in your heart. It is for freedom that Christ came. That's why Jesus came, to allow us, to to cause us to live in freedom, to do something for us we cannot do for ourselves. In and of ourselves, we can't get there. It's only by His grace and His mercy. It's only by His blood that was spilled on the cross us that we can know what it is to live in freedom and if that's you this weekend listen this is your this is your time this is your moment to cross that line of faith in your heart and say I'm putting my faith in Christ to forgive me my sin I want to begin a relationship with him this weekend you can do that in service right now my third question for us then is this what did your life look like 365 days ago Come on, right now, whatever service you're in, maybe you're watching or listening online, pause for a moment and think about your life New Year's a year ago. Think of how far you've come. Think of how far God has brought you. Think of how far your marriage has come. Think of how far your, your family dynamic has changed. Think of how God, has, His word has, has become so alive and real to you. Think of, think of your relationship with Him and how far it's come. Think of how far God has brought you in your life in the last 365 days. Then here's my third and final challenge to us this weekend. Imagine what's possible. Imagine what's possible. Let's don't forget. Let's commit this weekend to get off the moving walk and to stand firm, to plant our feet on the solid ground of Jesus Christ and say, we're never going back. We're going forward into all that God has for us. Let's remember the commitments, the resolve that we've made. Let's remember how far we've come. For some of us, in November, you made a commitment to put God first. You took the 90-day tithe challenge concerning this area of your finances. Listen. Don't let up. You're about halfway through that 90 days. Listen, come on. Stand firm. It is for freedom that Christ is. Some of you, you're going, well, we can afford this bill, or we could do this, or we could go back into debt. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Stand firm. It's working. He's at work in your life. Stand firm. For some of you, it's a commitment to your marriage. For some of you, it's a commitment in your parenting. For some of you, it's a commitment in your education or in your job. Listen, stand firm. For some of you, it's a commitment in your relationship with Him to get up early and to read your Bible and to seek Him and to pray and to fast on First Monday and fasting and prayer. To do this, to commit to your relationship. Listen, don't give up. Stand firm. Don't go back. Get off the moving walkway. Stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. In every service, can we just bow our heads right now? Jesus, I, I just come to you right now, and I pray for so many of us here at Plantation Campus, at our Gateway Campus. I just lift up every single person who's attending one of our services, people watching online, participating, and I just pray, God, for those of us, first of all, who have slipped back, who have recrossed the line that we said we weren't going to cross anymore. God, we just ask you to forgive us. We acknowledge it right now. And we just pray for your forgiveness. And we say, God, cleanse us from this unrighteousness, God. We're going to leave the service we're in. We're going to leave this moment in just a few minutes. And we're not going to be the same. We're not going to be straddled with guilt or shame. We're going to walk in your grace. And we're going to go forward. We're going we're to get off that treadmill, that, that moving walkway. And we're going to stand firm. We're going to go back across the line. Jesus, I pray for many who are here who have never put their faith in you. Lord, I pray that right now we just acknowledge that we're sinners in need of a Savior and we just confess our sin and we ask you to come into our life. Lord, make us brand new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God, we just walk in that this weekend. We accept you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And then, Father, I pray For us as a congregation, as a body of believers, God, I pray for us as individuals, as married couples, as single people. Jesus, we commit this opening weekend of 2015 to not go back, to not be burdened again. We commit to stand firm, to let our commitments stand, to stay close to you, to stay abiding in you. Because, Jesus, we want to live in true freedom. And so we as a church commit ourselves to that cause this weekend. We thank you that it is for freedom, Jesus, that you came to set us free. And so, God, this weekend we declare we will stand firm in 2015. We pray this in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, the name that has the power to set us free. We pray these things. And everyone in all of our services who agreed said, Amen. Amen.